Hello, everybody, and welcome to the uh, second show of the third season. Uh, we are here again after a little break, and indeed, it is uh, pivotal times to come back and talk about what's happening up there and their relationship to what is going down here. Uh, you know, yesterday was, um, uh, of course, we're going through a period of Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde. And I was uh, very ambitious yesterday night and I tried to make tahini cookies because I love tahini. I love cookies. And since I stopped drink, eating uh, sugar, it's hard to find cookies that have no sugar. So I decided I'll do it myself. And I forgot that it's uh, Venus retrograde and Mercury retrograde. And I made the cookies and then I put them in the oven for the um, temperature that was recommended, which was 175. It was kind of weird because... It took the oven like five seconds to get to that temperature. Usually it takes time. And then after 15 minutes, I've realized um, that it is 175 Celsius, not Fahrenheit. You know, so there goes my um, uh, my cookies. But that idea of Venus retrograde is actually coming to an end today. So today and tomorrow, is it? Yeah. Uh, September 3rd and September 4th is basically the end of the 40 days and 40 nights of Venus going retrograde. She does that every year and a half uh, for like 40 days and it resets her cycles. Uh, it moves her from an evening star to a morning star, from a morning star to an evening star. So the, these retrogrades are important. She retreats into herself. She disappears when she goes through an inferior a conjunction with the sun. And then she reappears in a new position and changes the attitude that we have towards the thing that she governs, which is our values, money, talents, and self-worth. So if you've noticed in the last 40 days that you're kind of like re-examining your values, re-examining what talents you really have, what you don't have, how you deal with um, uh, your look, your design, everything that has to do with justice, fairness, law. That's why there's so much stuff happening right now with law. People are talking about the trials of um, Trump, uh, about the judicial change in Israel. Uh, there's uh, so much conversation around the world with rules and laws. Again, this is because of Venus. And because Venus is retrograding, now she's stationary in Leo, which is a bigger than normal sign. It's a very dramatic sign. It's a very stage-focused uh, uh, sign. Everything that happens with justice and law right now, with even music and design and colors and relationships and your values are being put on the stage. So if there's anything that happens that is more dramatic than normal in your relationship, in your income, or even with your talents and self-worth, just know that it's part of this Venus um, putting on the garments, the golden garments of Leo and going retrograde and stationary. When she's in stationary, she's literally staying there stuck like that, saying, look at me, look how beautiful I am. And she's going to be like that today and tomorrow. So first of all, in the book of 2024, I have a whole section there about the retrogrades because we're not going to have Venus retrograde next year. We're going to have Mars retrograde, which is sometimes even worse. And he is going to mimic Venus in the sense that from December 6th next year, we're going to have Mars retrograde in Leo. And already from October 5th next year, you're going to have the shadow of Mars. And shadow of Mars is very important. So the election in the United States are going to be taking place during Mars shadow uh, in Leo. So it's definitely going to be very dramatic here in 2024. But anyway, Venus retrograde and stationary. So 
when she's retrograde, yes, you cannot start new relationships. You have to really be careful what you're buying. Again, I didn't listen to myself so much. And I ended up buying two things that I've returned since I bought them. And I bought them like three days ago. That has to do with designs and colors. So, you know, sometimes I like to test astrology and just do things that are not supposed to happen, like swim against the current and see if the current drags you back down. And that's usually what happens. But anyway, we still have Mercury exalted, which is retrograde. And we have this Venus stationary and this Venus um, stationary today and tomorrow. When Venus is stationary, basically she's standing still. It's still not the best time to start new things because there's a tendency for them to get stuck, to get kind of fixated. So you have to be a little bit careful if you're starting anything today or tomorrow, especially with partnership agreements, anything to do with finance, anything to do with art, design, colors. So all of those things to be a little bit more careful. Then from, a, what is it, Tuesday, Venus is going direct. Mercury, we have to wait until after September 17. But at least we're not going to have both of them retrograde, which really gets uh, in the way, especially when Mercury is exalted when he's in Virgo. So exalted in Virgo basically means that he has a lot of power. So instead of being just a little car retrograde, we're talking about these trucks that are retrograding and making this beep, 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 beep sound when they retrograde. So you know how it is when big machines or big story uh, trucks, the garbage uh, disposal going backward, they make this sound. That's something that sensitive people can hear whenever Mercury is going retrograde or whenever Venus is going retrograde. This constant sound of beep, 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 warning us that a big planet is going retrograde. But the thing that is interesting is right when Venus is going to go direct, Mercury, eh, sorry, Jupiter is going to be retrograding until about December 30th, 31st. So it's kind of lucky that we're at least starting 2024 uh, yes, with Mercury retrograde, but without Jupiter retrograde. So at least uh, one planet was going to be going direct at that time. So anyway, Venus is going to go direct this week, while Jupiter, and we're going to talk about it in a second, is going to start going retrograde uh, this week. Uh, so uh, let's first of all, first of all, anybody who's celebrating um, Labor Day, in United States, happy uh, holiday. I never know that there is a holiday until people basically tell me. And uh, the interesting thing about celebrating Labor Day, at least in the United States, which is all about honoring labor uh, work, that it's happening always in Virgo. So Virgo is the sign of labor and work. So it's kind of an interesting, I don't think it's a coincidence, but it's an interesting uh, synchronicity that we celebrate the contribution of people of service and work right at the time that we should, which is uh, during Virgo, always very close to the harvest full moon that was happening this year in August 31st. It was a super moon. Uh, we'll see what was going on in August 31st. So those of you who went up to Burning Man, um, you know, now there's not uh, a man burning. There's more like a man drowning or a man... Uh, having some uh, quicksand situation. We'll talk about it in a second. It's kind of an interesting thing about the festival happening this year. But anyway, uh, Jupiter retrograde is going to be there until the end of December. Mercury retrograde until middle of uh, December, uh, September. After that, things are definitely starting to open up after December 17. So if we look first to see what's going on right now, today, tomorrow, so... Um, today is an interesting day. The moon is sitting right on top of the uh, north node on the head of the dragon. That happens uh, once a month, so it's not as rare. But uh, 
we have shifted into North Node in Aries. We talked about it in July. And that's kind of a big deal because the North Node in Aries begins a cycle. For the ancient Babylonian, the first day of um, the spring, the 21st of April, the 21st of December was extremely important. It was a zero, zero degrees Aries. That's when the zodiac year or the astrological year began. And that's why in draconian charts, charts that basically are around the North Node, therefore they're charts that represent your soul desires, your chart, your soul's chart, your Atman's chart in a sense, they always place the North Node in zero, zero degrees Aries. So when uh, you uh, when the North Node returned to Aries, which happens every 19 years, last time was 2005, 2006, 86, 87, we're having this new beginning, this new fresh start in a sense. And that's what's happening to us 2023 and 24 when we have the North Node in Aries. And it's coinciding with the fact that Pluto is moving for the first time in 13, 14, 16 years from Capricorn into Aquarius, and it's going to be there for 20 years. So definitely this year, next year are very similar in many ways. Uh, they want to have Venus retrograde. The other one is Mars retrograde. Pluto is moving back and forth in those two years between Capricorn, the past and Aquarius, the future, as well as the idea of the North Node being in Aries, beginning a new cycle. So the fact that the North Node today is on top of the moon, it represents a, an an insight or a window into what is the new cycle that you're going through. Um, and again, the North Node always points at what your soul desires to learn. So our collective soul in the next year and a half as humanity, we're trying to discover our identity. Who are we? What are we here for? That's when you start a new cycle. You rename yourself in a sense, you know, like when you're born again. And this is what's happening now to humanity. We're giving ourselves a new name, a new identity. And that's why there's so much struggle around definition of who we are and what do we believe in? What do we stand for? Now, the fact that uh, Jupiter is going to be retrograde and Jupiter is the master of philosophy and, and your creed, you're going to have now five months to really re-examine your values, your philosophy, your creed. How much do you, like, are you making money in congruent with your, or congruent with your philosophies? Uh, do you live in a place that is similar to your philosophies? Do you have friends that share your philosophies? And I'm not saying that if you don't, you have to get rid of them immediately, but it's really a time to ask yourself if my company, if my relationship, if my um, location, if my job, uh, if my uh, activities, if my food is related to my philosophy and what I believe in. And that's basically what's happening right now. And this today is a good reminder to look into these kind of things because the North Node is conjunct the moon. The moon is going to move at the end of today, tomorrow into Taurus. That's going to be pretty good because the moon, once in a month, goes for two and a half days into Taurus where she is exalted and she feels very comfortable. So tomorrow, uh, September 4, we have Venus stationary but about to go direct. That's why it's V. Uh, you'll, you'll see around Venus, if you look at the chart, the S symbol is black, not red because we're kind of going from red alert to black alert or whatever. But the moon is conjunct tomorrow with Jupiter. It's a really big blessing. So it's something to do with expansion opportunity. It's almost as if everywhere you go, you have that instinct to create positivity. So really try tomorrow and the day after tomorrow to use a lot the yes. Yes. Can you do it? Yes. Uh, are you coming? Yes. I mean, don't lie. Uh, be careful of over-optimism. But overall, the moon exalted on top of Jupiter, 
stationary, there is something to it because first of all, whatever you promise tomorrow and uh, on Tuesday, yes, you have to really stand behind because Jupiter is going to call you at it. It's going to remind you because Jupiter is stationary. That's happening Monday and Tuesday tends to seal everything that happens around. Remember, stationary is to get stuck. So tomorrow is an interesting day. We have Venus stationary, Jupiter stationary. I mean, come on, if a baby is born tomorrow and they have this chart of Mercury retrograde, Pluto retrograde, Saturn retrograde, Neptune retrograde, Chiron retrograde, Uranus retrograde, Mercury retrograde, and then Venus stationary and Jupiter stationary. Oh my God, that kid is going to be very special. So let's look at history in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and see what who was born September 4, 2023. Again, the two benevolent planets, Venus and, and Jupiter, both of them stationary. And again, stationary is not necessarily as bad. It's not like retrograde. It basically means that the pure essence of that energy, this archetype is downloaded. It's almost like you're seeing the archetypal blue, but it's not just blue. Everything around you is blue, including your skin, including the floor, including your clothes. So you can't really tell the clothes from the floor, from the fridge, from the cup, from the microphone. Everything is blue. It's almost like a super Jupiter day. And tomorrow we have a Jupiter day and a Venus day. Both of them are considered to be benevolent planets. Both of them are the planets of luck. But when they're kind of stuck there, they're just a little bit too much. It's just pure energy that can't really be defined or is not, it's almost like getting raw uh, diamond and trying to sell it as a, as a, as a ready, uh, let's say polished rock. It's not going to work, but yeah, it is a diamond. So it is expensive, but you can't really use it. So the same thing with Venus and Jupiter tomorrow, expensive planets, great location, but they cannot be um, used. And not only that, they're squaring, meaning that it's not like Venus is stationary there looking at uh, the view. Uh, Jupiter is stationary there uh, sleeping. They're kind of fighting and stuck at the same time. So it's it's an interesting day tomorrow, definitely. And then Uranus is adding to the mix. Uranus has to do with unpredictability. It's also in Taurus. So tomorrow is a very Taurian day. Uh, tomorrow is a day where there is a lot of uh, stubbornness, but also a lot of beauty, design, colors, and also something interesting can happen financially tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. So that will be, again, pretty interesting day. Also, the fact that we have a lot of Earth tomorrow is not bad. Uh, September 4, Friday and uh, Monday, we have Pluto in Capricorn, Earth, Moon, Jupiter, Uranus in Taurus, Earth and Mars, and Sun in Mercury and Minerva in Virgo, Earth. So tomorrow is definitely an Earth Day, and it's a moon of success. So there's a lot of things you can actually achieve tomorrow. There's a beautiful trine um, with Earth tomorrow as well. That can also give you a big boost of energy. But remember, because we're Venus stationary and Jupiter stationary, just be careful Monday, and that extends also to Tuesday because we're going to still have Jupiter stationary. But at least on Tuesday, September 5, Venus is open. You can start dating again. You can put your uh, uh, your profile back on uh, the dating services, whatever. It's safe to start thinking about new ma- ways of making money or make purchases. Just flow with things. But remember, Mercury is still stas- uh, retrograde. And the Mercury retrograde is going to be very, very strong September 6th and 7th when Mercury is going to be conjunct the sun. That's going to be one of the biggest things this week. So this week, definitely busy. Monday, Tuesday, Jupiter stationary. Monday, Venus stationary. Then we have, uh, let's say, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sun on top of Mercury. A lot of intellectual clarity to what about what to do, but don't do yet. Because, again, Mercury is still stationary. Um, retrograde. 
So again, Tuesday, we still have Venus uh, moon in Taurus, which is exalted. The moon is sitting on top of Uranus. There could be some unpredictable, crazy energy around home, family. Uh, that's why it might not be the best time to put an offer uh, or to buy a property on um, Tuesday, not only because Mercury is retrograde, but be still because the moon is on top of Uranus, it creates unpredictability, breaking away from parental influence and cutting away from these kind of things also is happening at that time. But overall, the moon in Taurus is still the moon of success. So that's good for us. September 6th is interesting. The energy changes. The moon is moving into Gemini. And the moon is going to create a square with the sun in Wednesday. So again, even though uh, we're done with the stationary of Venus and Jupiter, there is a little bit of conflict between the moon and the sun. It's never nice when that happens. It happens about two times a, a month. Uh, and it does talk about some uh, pressure, some j challenges, some um, uh, lack of satisfaction. Either it's your lack of satisfaction or other people's lack of satisfaction about you or both. So Again, be a little bit careful. What's happening at that time is that the moon in Gemini wants to use a telescope. The sun in Virgo wants to use a microscope. And we have to kind of like deal with both of them. It's like mother is telling you, go get the telescope. Let's look at what's going on. Father is saying, no, 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 let's get the microscope and look at what's going on. And then the mother through the telescope sees that Newtonian physics is right. This, the father with the microscope is realizing that quantum mechanic is right. And now they're fighting. So it is kind of... um. A tension between zooming in too much to the point that you can't even tell what you're looking at and zooming out uh, too much and being completely disconnected to what's going on. So too much air, too much uh, earth. So that's a little bit how the dynamic works. Uh, there is an interesting, no, that's not so interesting. The only other thing is that Neptune is opposite to uh, Minerva. It's been going on for the last few days uh, this whole week, basically. So what you have is risen in opposition to um, mysticism, in a sense, or intuition is going against your logic. So it's not like one is better than the other. Logic is a little bit messed up just because Mercury is in stationary in, in Virgo retrograde. But then again, Neptune is in Pisces, the best place for Neptune to be, and also it's retrograde. So the intuition is off and the logic is off. It's a kind of like the two gears are not really working and they're opposite to each other. So wrong intuition, wrong logic, and that's both of them are fighting over you in a sense. So again, not the best time to make big decisions, September 6, September 5, September 6, September 7. As you can see, it's is a very busy week. A lot of things are released and become easier, but still there is this um, a constant tension still going on. And if we move forward to um, Thursday, that's when... Um, I, I actually, sorry, you know what? Mercury is retrograde. So yeah, the sun is past Mercury. So that's good. Uh, we're gonna, we're not going to have the intellectual clarity, I promise. But what we're going to have, interestingly enough, on Thursday is the moon is being conjunct with the with um, Vesta. That means actually that groups of women can thrive. Working with women can be very, very positive. It's almost as if you're looking for a good connection to tradition, something that you want to maintain from tradition. So Thursday, you might get a glimpse of what is the pilot, the the, the ever light, the fire, infant fire that you need to help preserve and pass to the next generation. You know, you're a yoga teacher. Obviously, you're doing it through yoga. You're a Pilates teacher. You're doing it through Pilates. So whatever it is that you're doing in life, try to see in what way can you contribute to the tradition that you focus on or draw from 
that's about that's Thursday so that you can share it again especially with people that you have some connection to whether it's family or emotional connection to people just because the moon is activating it but in general uh, working with women creating your women group around that time will be a really good uh, thing to do and uh, the moon is actually getting good energy from the north node and the south node some good karma is downloaded overall and the moon is also getting great energy from Chiron, which has to do a lot with some form of healing that is taking place. And if we look at September 8th, which is a Friday, the moon is moving into Cancer. It's going to be much more compatible with uh, Saturn, with the North Node and the South Node, actually. Also with um, the Sun and Mercury. So the moon moving into a water sign when we have so much Earth going on is a really good thing. It's going to water the garden. So it's much more emotional weekend, a little bit more about home and family uh, because the moon is going to be in Cancer throughout the weekend. And the moon loves to be in Cancer and she's getting very strong support from Saturn being in Pisces. In the Neptune being in Pisces is going to support the moon on Saturday and Friday and Sunday, especially with meditation and with imagination. Those energies are going to really open up. September 9, we have a, a beautiful connection between the moon and the sun. That's a beautiful sextile. So it actually talks about satisfaction, more clarity going on. There's actually a pretty interesting, nice uh, period on the weekend. You have um, still Mercury retrograde, but it's not as dominant. And Sunday, the energy still continues with the moon being in Pisces, in Cancer, which is getting great energy from Neptune in Pisces. You see the trine is beautiful. So anything of dreams and meditation and intuition, Saturday and Sunday, it's going to go really, really well. So that's about uh, the week. And if we look at um, a few things that are happening... So first of all, yes, some people asked about the class. The class on the 23rd of um the 23rd of September, which is actually right on the fall equinox, at least the fall equinox here in uh, the northern hemisphere. I'm going to do that class, but it's only going to be an in class, a, a past lifetime regression right on the uh, equinox and it's going to be from 5 to 7 p.m. at uh, West in West Hollywood. And you can still join the eight-week webinar. We did two of them, and I and we can send you the uh, two classes or the uh, the recording of the two classes. We have six of them all together, and mainly it's about working with your own chart with the group. So if you join, you can still use your chart in order to understand better how to read your own chart. So we still have six more weeks, and it's still possible to join the first three weeks. We allow uh, new people to come in, and that is a webinar. And it's every Wednesday, 5.30 p.m. LA time. I know that some of you in Europe can't uh, hear, can't attend, but uh, people in Hong Kong can. So it's always either the East or the, or the West, uh, according to the hours. So anyway, that's what we're planning, and I already got the tickets for the a um, trip in Europe this year. I'm going to actually visit Edinburgh again, London. Um, I'm going to be probably in Paris, maybe in Dubai and uh, Istanbul, of course, Sofia and Tel Aviv. So it's already planned. And the book on 2024, I just have three more signed chapters to edit and it should be done. It's already formatted. Uh, so uh, things are rolling. Hopefully after the Mercury retrograde, it can be done. 
So the Burning Man situation, I have to admit, it's a really sad and scary situation. I'm sure that a lot of the people there are really terrified by what's going on. But it's really interesting that it, this is all happening on August 31st. August 31st was also the first day I checked uh, in history that the Burning Man was taking place in Black Rock uh, Desert. The Black Rock City. So first, in 1986, it was created in a in a beach in um, San Francisco, and then because of permits, they had to move it to a different place, and they moved the energy from the water to the desert, and that became the official place of Burning Man. That's when it was reinvented and born again in a different place. So I did do the chart for Burning Man. It's interesting. So the first Burning Man was happening August 31st. It was Labor Day. But this year, August 31st, was a full moon. We talked about it. It was a super full moon when the moon looked even 14 degrees bigger. And what happened at that time is usually because I went to Burning Man in 99, a long, long time ago. And then again in 2004, I think, or something like that, 2004 or five. You know, it definitely changed in 99 to 2005. Uh, 99, we came there with tents and there was crazy wind. There was a lot of sandstorm there. That's normal for the desert. So the wind took away our, our, our tents. And so we had to sleep under the car. You know, that was uh, the best, the closest thing we can find to a tent to at least to protect something from uh, the sun. And I remember it very fondly. But anyway, it is a city that is created. Uh, there's 70,000 people there. There's a report of one person that already died there. And they're basically stranded there. They're, they're asked to lock in, in place, shelter in place, basically not move anywhere. Not that they can move anywhere. Everything is muddy. Some of you guys been there. Some of you guys have friends that went there. Uh, but it is a remarkable thing. I think it's the closest thing we have in the West to a mandala. You know, the idea of mandala is that you create something very beautiful that takes a lot of effort, a lot of uh, um, work that is joined by other people, meaning a collaboration, artistic collaboration. That's like the lamas in Tibet. They create these beautiful sand paintings. And eventually the lama at the end comes, even if they work for two months on that, and he has this special thing that scoops the sand and he basically destroys that sand uh, painting. He destroys it in a ritualistic way, but really he's destroying it. And he's taking all the sand and returning it to the river, which is a really beautiful concept because the sand came from the water in a sense. And it's just to teach us impermanence. That it doesn't matter how much put you put energy in your project or in your child or in your career or in yourself. You will die. Your child will eventually perish. The career will be very eventually over. This is the idea of everything is impermanent. So the Burning Man is a certain way of looking at it. Like people come there and create from nothing, from absolute nothing. It's in the desert. You know, the desert is what gave us the Quran. It gave us the Torah. It gave us uh, the New Testament. You know, the idea of uh, God showing itself in the in the desert is because the de desert is empty. It's a practice of shunyata. It's a practice of ein. It's a practice of emptiness. And out of that emptiness, people create these amazing things. If you've ever been there, it's really unbelievable. It's temples. It's a huge uh, edifice of a person. It is um, works of art, flowers sticking out. Uh, sub I remember one time submarine, a huge submarine, kind of like uh, coming out of the desert, out of the um, dry lake, half kind of coming out. Monsters, amazing stuff. And they build it and they have to destroy it. 
meaning that they come from everything has to be brought there. There's nothing there. They assemble it there and they then they either burn it or disassemble. It's really a mandala. It's a, it's like I told you, a cultural Western mandala. And in this year, uh, the rain came, which is again, unprecedented. I don't think it ever happened there. And, and tens of thousands of people are basically uh, stuck there and being told to conserve food, water, fuel. It's literally like a Mad Max situation. Um, and there is ankle deep mud and basically no one can come in or can come out of the place. Some people walk to the closest city. It's like five miles walk. Um, but it's really interesting because we are in the year of the water rabbit and the water rabbit is about water and the rabbit like digs in the earth. So, you know, that's kind of interesting that it happened in the year of the water rabbit. And in general, we're seeing, uh, you know, all the floodings and all the water that is uh, accumulated or appearing in this year, the year of the white ra- of the water rabbit. We actually talked about it in the book of 2023 and this is, uh, if you can see, it's a satellite shot or an airplane shot of the city, 70,000 people. It becomes the sixth biggest city in Nevada for a week. Now, it's interesting because this is the first Burning Man. Um, and what happened was that, uh, as you can see, uh, August 31st, it was a Friday, 1990. It was the first day uh, that they did it in uh, that place in Black Rock City or Black Rock Desert. And the age of Burning Man, this August 31st, when all this catastrophe was happening, is 33. And my next big class, I think, in uh, astrology, I'm going to start doing it. I did it in Bulgaria for the first time in the summer, is about our how astrology cycles affect you in your life. We all know the Mercury retrograde. Sorry, we all know the Saturn retro, uh, return that is very famous that happens between 27 to 30. We all know the second Saturn return people people dread between 56 to 60. Some of you guys know about Chiron return that happens at the age of 50. Some of you know about Uranus return because we talked about it in the context of uh, city, uh, countries. Uh, Bulgaria was going through her Uranus uh, return. Uh, that happens at the age of 84. Some of you know about Jupiter return that happens at the age of 12, 24, 36, 48, which talks about blessings. But of course, there is also uh, the age of 33. And the age of 33 is associated with the end of the Saturn return, but also a sacrifice. So I actually collected a few of the names, the famous names that people that uh, died at the age of 33, uh, Jesus Christ, of course, which the idea is based on him as well, as well as Alexander the Great. He actually died at the age of 33. Sam Cooke, remember, I don't know much about his story. That's uh, that's him. Uh, He died at the age of 33, died under mysterious circumstances. Usually it's mysterious circumstances. Uh, Eva Brown, who was Adolf Hitler's longtime companion, she also uh, committed uh, suicide at the age of 33 with uh, Hitler. John Belushi, um, overdose. Robert Johnson, remember, he's the legendary blues uh, musician that made a Faustian trade, supposedly, according to the myth, at the age of 27, he sold himself to uh, the devil, stole his soul to the devil to get the to get the blues. Of course, it was worth it. And um, he died at the age of 33. You know, the devil came to uh, collect. David Koresh, remember, he's the leader of the uh, branch uh, Davidians who died during the Waco 
Um, and that definitely is a sacrifice. The only sad thing that he sacrificed other people with him. Natalie Wood, um, Keith Relf, if you remember from uh, the Yardbirds, uh, St. Catherine of Siena, who died again at 33. Eva Perron died at the age of 33. St. Barbara supposedly died at the age of 33, even though at 1969 she was ex- I mean, she was kicked out of the lists of um, saints because nobody really understood uh, who is she precisely. So suddenly they realized, oops, uh, maybe she's um, a stowaway saint. But anyway, 33 is an age where you either die or you sacrifice. So it could be a, a symbolic sacrifice or real sacrifice. And I think that in many ways, even organizations, like we said, the Burning Man has to deal with that kind of uh, issues. It's just sad for the 70,000 that were caught in there. But I'm sure most of them, all of them, hopefully will come back safe and will have amazing stories, stories that other people that went to Burning Man didn't. But I'm not sure if they're going to be able to burn the men with all that water there. Uh, maybe they should be doing Burning Man and then another event, the Drowning Man. And the other thing is, uh, I thought about the Maui uh, fires. Maui is one of my favorite places in the world. And it's kind of interesting, you know, when you think about fires, you think about places like Los Angeles, Australia, Israel, Greece, Turkey, places where it's really, really hot. I was just in Palm Spring. It was 47 degrees Celsius. So you think about uh, those kind of places uh, as being prone to fire. But then suddenly Maui, if you think about Hawaii, I mean, Kauai, I think is the rainiest place in the world. Maui, I think there is a place in Maui, which is the second wettest place on the planet. It's an island. You think what, you know, why should there be fires there? And I think the fact that it was fire there and 115 people died and so much property and so much, um, so many animals and so many plants basically were burned. It's just to show you that nobody is beyond what is going on right now with that uh, awakening of the earth. Remember, we talked about it since 2018 until 2026. Uranus, the planet of the awakener, is in Taurus, trying to have a rude awakening of our connection to Mother Nature. Taurus is Mother Nature. And that's still continuing next year and the year after. I mean, we're still... Uh, have to change our attitude in a sense. And until then, you're going to get all this popping up where the iceberg fell here. Today I was reading about how 56% of the uh, oceans um, changing color from blue to kind of green. And they suspect that it's human activities. They don't really know yet what it is. It's not con connected to the temperature of the sea rising. It's just, it's changing the color. So in many years from now, when people will be asked, what is the color of the sea? Uh, green, black, instead of blue. I hope they're not going to say the same about the color of the sky and the colors of the river. But the fact that colors are changing, again, the energy is changing because colors are basically frequency, wavelength. But anyway, uh, I looked at the uh, chart of the fires of Maui. It started on August 8th. We have a very detailed report, 2.20 a.m. in Kula, Hawaii, because that was the first time the blaze were actually reported a, br a brush fire was reported in the Kula area in the central part of Maui, uh, and this became of, uh, that became the up um, up county uh, Maui wildfire. But the problem is uh, maybe because Mercury is retrograde in Virgo, which has to do a lot with Earth and service, is that they reported that the fires in Lahiana, uh, Lahiana, 
were declared 100% contained before 9 a.m. I mean, it's nine hours after the fire started. Then it turned out to be that it's not true and that they actually declared victory too early. And that was one of the issues uh, that made the fire go even more. So the idea is that, yes, Mercury is retrograde. Now we know that if Mercury is retrograde, um, sorry, Mercury was not retrograde. Venus was retrograde at that time. Uh, and why is it so important? Because when I looked at the chart, I then thought, wait, August 8th, it sounds familiar because I write a lot of things. I say a lot of things on Instagram. I don't always pay attention uh, to the dates or keep track of them. But look what's going on here. We have Venus, 23 degrees Leo retrograde, the black moon, 23 degrees Leo retrograde, literally to the point, I mean, we're talking about 13 minutes difference between Venus and the Black Moon. And remember, we talked about the Black Moon, and I warned you guys, the Black Moon is really difficult. It's really challenging. It's in Leo, which is a fire sign, and it's a fixed fire sign. It's not a fire sign that is um, easily taken over because it's fixated. It doesn't want to move. It's very dramatic. It's very bigger than life. And it's not that every time now... It, the Black Moon is going to be on top of Venus. We have to worry. But actually, Black Moon is going to be again on top of Venus because Venus is retrograde and then she's going to have to go direct. So that's going to happen again. Uh, so we definitely have to be aware that uh, there is more danger of fires, at least if this North Node on top of uh, this uh, Black Moon on top of Venus does talk about burning or things that uh, get out of control, or fires getting out of control. So that's... Definitely part of um, the biggest issue, I think, that was going on then. It's not that we can predict it, but at least we can be more aware of it uh, next time. So if we look to see, actually, when will uh, that happen again? When is Venus going to be again on top of the Black Moon? Um, let's see. I don't know if they're going to be... I think we're going to be lucky in a way because maybe the Black Moon is going to move into Virgo before that. Yes. So on October 4, the Black Moon is moving into Virgo. So the drama and the negativity is going to go away from the regular Leo where it is now, which is more about love with children, with creativity, with fire, and moving to Virgo, which could be more health issues, which is not the best because we're moving into, into flu season in October. And then we're going to have the Black Moon in Virgo, which is all about work, diet, health, uh, nutrition, diet for nine months. So the big issues uh, with the Black Moon or negativity or Lilith is going to be around health, diet, your employees, your help, those people acting out, those people being negative. But we know that Venus is going to be last time on top of the Black Moon, at least this year, in October 9, October uh, 9 and October 10, just before the eclipses of October 14. So... At least be a little bit careful October and October 9. We're going to have to check to see again if there is any issues with fire. In this case, it could be more earthquakes or it could be more uh, things that have to do with uh, earth or work or health or diet than anything else. So um, the last thing about Vene about Jupiter um, retrograde Ah, yeah. Another interesting thing that I read about that maybe will be interesting to some of you. There's a, a Chinese um, re, a study that came out recently, and it's interesting. They went and checked the DNA of about 3,000 people, and they came up with the conclusion that early human ancestors are early human ancestors. I'm talking about Homo erectus. Homo erectus started about 2 million um, years ago, up until about when we showed up, 
three, four hundred uh, thousand uh, years ago when Homo sapiens sapiens came up. But Homo erectus was very, very similar to us. And uh, there was a period of time around 800, 900,000 years ago when humanity or early humans were reduced to 1,280 people. That's it. So all of us, Homo sapiens and the Homo erectus that came after, all of us came from this population of 1,200 people. Now that can, if, I mean, that's unfortunate because it means that we lost thousands or thousands, tens of thousands of individuals with different genetic makeup, different um, a way of looking at uh, life or dealing with life. So we lost a huge amount of genetic material. And all of us, including the Neanderthals, and, um, or we all came from that 1,280 individuals. Uh, and for about 117,000 years, that's what it is. That was 1,280 individuals that were Homo uh, erectus. I'm sure each they all know each other by name. I mean, they were all scattered all over the world. But still, you know, if you met another one, wow, hey, dude, you know, it's kind of like, it's not like today. I mean, maybe it's like today when you're going from, if you come from a small country and you meet somebody in a place like New York or Los Angeles, or you're immediately bond. Um, that was a kind of an interesting thing. And again, it's not connected so much to astrology, but it's really uh, showing us how uh, there is this ebb of flow with uh, population, with um, moments or junctions in life, because that's what we discovered. Maybe there's more, there were more junctions like that uh, in of humanity's uh, story that we don't even know about. And Jupiter retrograde. So again, until December 30th, <clears throat> from September 4th to December 30th, we're going to have a retrograde. It's been direct if in Taurus from May. It's going to be until May 25 next year in Taurus. Then it's going to move into Gemini. Wherever Jupiter is, he blesses. And blessing of Taurus usually relates to finance. It relates to beauty, design, colors, art, your values, your talents, your self-worth. So the places where Jupiter is going to be retrograde in the next um, four or five months, is um, for Aries, it's about money, talents, and self-worth. So again, when Mercury is retrograde, you're going inward. So you're going to find your way of making money, your talents from inside of you, not so much from outside of you. It's almost as if you have to ask for your own raise in order for a raise outside of you to happen. For Taurus, it's about everything in life because Jupiter is in Taurus. For Gemini, it's about different ways of letting go. So Jupiter, until next year, until next May, is going to be in your house of letting go, cutting things out. It's also connecting to imagination, mysticism, meditation. It's a good time to, to take a little bit more rest and not to overbook yourself. For Cancer, there could be some ups and downs in connection to friendship. You might introduce to a friend or to a company, but then it turned out to be that they're not completely there for you. Uh, there could be some work with communities, nonprofit, volunteering, for Leo, it's about career. So there could be a lot of ups and downs in connection to career, promises that might not be kept. But also, again, anything come from inside of you. So the more you can do yourself to your career, the easier the career will be, especially next year. For Virgo, it's about travel, foreign cultures, foreign traditions, teaching, learning. For Libra, it's all about passion, intimacy, sexuality, death, letting go, the occult, becoming a witch, becoming a wizard. For Scorpio, it's about relationships. So there could be some transition in connection to relationship, partnership, uh, open enemies. You know, there might be some enemies that you didn't know that, that are enemies, even though Scorpio is paranoid, you might be surprised. Sagittarius has to do much more with work, health, diet, routine. 
for Capricorn, it is all about a career, all about love, happiness, children, sports, creativity. For Aquarius, it's about home and family, real estate. And for Pisces, it's about money. Hey, wait, Pisces, it's about communication, marketing, sales, networking, relationship with siblings. And again, Jupiter is not, the fact that he's retrograding, he doesn't hold back all of his um, benef benefits or his um, expansion. He's just keeping it in a saving account in order to open it up in the first few days of 2024. So I hope you have a meaningful, power, powerful, positive year. Not year, sorry, a, a week. We're going to meet next um next week and um we're going to talk next week more about uh we'll see actually what we're going to talk about next week but at least we're not going to have to deal with uh, venus retrograde so that's going to be good and i hope you have an amazing uh, week and that um you manage well everything that has to do with uh relationship partnerships and good luck with everything. And um, yeah, the next week, we're also going to talk a little bit about um, uh, the new moon coming up, which is also Rosh Hashanah's new moon and why it's celebrated in the wrong time. Good luck and goodbye.